Hello, welcome to Tom Sox Conversations. I'm here with Vinny Pasquantino. So, Vinny, how is lockdown treating you? Uh, as you can tell, I'm in a closet right now, so that's pretty much how it's treating me at the moment. I don't have any space in my parents' house to really do an interview other than this small closet. It's also where I play my video games. Um, basically, my whole life is in this, I don't know, five-by-five five room. So, going pretty well, staying in shape. Can't really complain. There's way more people that have it worse than I do, so I'm not going to complain about it. Um, it's cool to get some extra family time. Uh, my girlfriend's around all the time. We, you know. So that's pretty cool. Um, who would have thought that this would happen? But, you know, a lot of things are are going around. So I'm just trying to stay as positive as possible right now. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So how are you staying in shape? What's your favorite lockdown workout? Well, I run now. Never thought in my life that I would run. Um, after this call, I'm going to go on a run, which I'm not looking forward to. So maybe this call will last us until bedtime. Um, so. Yeah, so after this, I will go on a run. Then I will – my dad has a, a small kind of personal gym in the house, so I'll be able to work out in there, try to get a little bit stronger, you know, work on my biceps, work on my chest, all the things that matter. Um, it is beach season now. The beaches are open, so got to make sure you look good for that. I've never really had a beach season before, so that's kind of exciting. Um, but in, seriously, I'm just doing what I can to maintain in some sort of baseball shape. I've got guys I can throw with, hit with, do whatever I need. So I'm lucky enough to have guys that are around that uh, I can you know, do stuff with. If I really need to, my girlfriend can throw. Um, we can throw if, if we really need to. So that's kind of – she's kind of my last resort because she played soccer and doesn't know how to use her hands. So, so that's tough, but she's learning. So we're all good there. But, yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Where do you have this chance to swing the bat? Where are you going to practice? Uh, there's a there's a facility around that I'm allowed to go to, um, which is nice. It's, you know, you have to maintain your distance. There can't be too many people in there. Um, but there's cages. There's balls. We're able to get there and get our work in and then, you know, get out of there for the next person to go in. Is there anything specifically that you're targeting that you want to work on during this unexpected break? Um, basically just the fundamentals of my game particularly I mean whatever I need to dominate on a specific day that's what I'm going in there to do um, this is a chance for a lot of PRs when it comes to lifting a chance to lift heavier than you would normally be able to lift right now I'm maintaining weight right now which I normally don't do during the season normally it's a steady decline of, of weight um, so it's good that I'm able to maintain that I'm probably in the best shape of my life when it comes to physically just because I'm running now I'm I'm doing more sprints than I would need to do during the season I'm trying to stay in better shape than I would normally be in during the season because I have this time. So I need to take advantage of it. I got a job. I work at a burger place. Uh, I'm a line cook at Burger Eam on Midlothian Turnpike. If you're seeing this, come out, see us. Um, so I'm doing that on the side as well. I'm coaching um, because travel baseball is back. So that's something I'm helping out with, but yeah, uh, that's really it. What age level are you coaching? They're, the uh, graduating class of 2023. I just signed on to do it, so I haven't been to a full team workout yet, but I think the first one is tomorrow night or the next night. So I'm actually coaching with my father, so I'm the assistant coach of that, which is cool. We're getting a chance to work together, which is something we've always wanted to do. So that's another opportunity that this has brought us. So just looking forward to that, looking forward to really anything, uh, being able to get out and do some stuff. Have you ever coached before? I have. When I was younger, when I was in high school, um, there was a few weeks span where I helped my dad coach his team, uh, but really that's about it. 
All right. Well, it sounds like a really cool opportunity then. Unexpected, but it sounds like you're making the best of it. Yeah, right. That's all we can do. So I wanted to go back to about a year ago now, the 2019 MLB draft. And I want to ask you, what was that scouting process like for you going up to the draft? I mean, if we're being honest, it was one of the most stressful periods of my life. Um, you have a bunch of people making decisions about your career, your life. Uh, you don't really know what's going on. You have people telling you what they think is going to happen, but what other people think doesn't necessarily line up with what's actually going to happen. So I went on day three. I like to tell everybody I was the second pick of the day because I was. Uh, I was the second pick in the 11th round, which the 11th round kicks off day three, which is the final day of the draft. And um, Bryce Windham broke the news to me that I got drafted. He saw it before I did because I just didn't think it was going to happen that early in the day. I had no expect. I had expectations going into the draft. Those expectations were killed on day two when I didn't go. So then my expectations went out the window. Didn't matter to me. I just I was hoping I'd get a phone call at some point, and I was lucky enough to do that. Um, I got that phone call. I was able to celebrate with friends and family. It was pretty cool. It was really stressful going into it. But then kind of looking back on it, it's really easy to say I should have relaxed because there's nothing I could have done different anyway. So why stress about something you can't control? But obviously, when you're in that moment, it's really hard not to stress about it because it's your future. It's your career. You can sort of see in front of you. But without an organization to select you, there's really no clear cut path. But, you know, you know, we push forward. We got the phone call. And we're here now. Did you know the Royals were interested in drafting you? To an extent, yes or no. I knew the um, I knew the area scout uh, really well. He's from around the same area I am, so I had known him a little bit in high school when he was scouting other guys and you know just being friendly with each other. But no, not really. I didn't really know of any team that was going to at one point select me or had planned on selecting me. I'm just really happy the Royals called. I'm very thankful to the organization for that, and I'm just happy to be where I am. What were your emotions like on that third day when you looked down and saw your phone ringing? Uh, well, I've told this story before, but I was at McDonald's um, getting my dad food for lunch. I was going to Buffalo Wild Wings with my mother uh, and my girlfriend, and I had a few people meeting me there. And by the way, I've said my girlfriend a few times. Her name is Ryan Harris. Um, I'll make that clear. I'm not just saying my girlfriend. She has a name. She has a last name, everything. We're good there. Um, and that's when Bryce texted me. and was like, hey, man, congrats. And I said, for what? And he goes, well, you, just got, you just got picked in the draft. So then my question was, for who? And he said, the Royals. And then that's when my phone started kind of lighting up a little bit. And then um, the scout called me. My agent called me to let me know. So And then we figured out our plans for the next few days. And so when I got the call, I didn't cry. Um, but it was one of those moments where it was like, I definitely could have cried um, because you work your whole life for this. And I finally got the phone call, not that I had been waiting for, but that I, that I had been dreaming for. Um, so it was just, it was like a fantasy come true to be able to get the call in an anticlimactic situation of, you know, I'm on the phone with a, with a scout telling me I've been drafted, but I'm also saying, oh yeah, can I get some barbecue sauce? Uh, so it's, it's just a funny, it, that, that would only happen to me and that's fine. I should have prepared for that knowing it wasn't going to come at any good time for me anyway, but I'm very happy for it. I'm very blessed and I'm nothing but thankful for it. Wow. That sounds almost surreal. What an incredible moment. Okay. So then what was your first year like in, uh, with Burlington and with the Royals in North Carolina? Yeah. So right after the draft, within two days, we were sent out to Arizona to the, uh, to the spring training complex in Surprise, Arizona, where we went through some workouts, met some of the staff, everything. So short season, 
starts right after the draft, like two weeks after the draft, I believe, maybe even sooner. So we went out to Arizona, had a week full of workouts, and then we got sent back. And the whole time I had sort of been preparing to go to Idaho without knowing, like there was no reason for me to be preparing to go to Idaho. The Royals have three rookie ball teams, uh, one in Burlington, North Carolina, one in Idaho Falls, Idaho, and one at the spring training complex. So for some reason, I had wrapped it around my head that I was going to Idaho. Um, and then they told me, hey, you're going to Burlington. And in my head, I was like, that's kind of cool. I'm three hours from home. Uh, I'll be able to see my family. I'll be back in the humidity of the East Coast. So that's awesome. Uh, and then, you know, within a week, I'm back on the East Coast of North Carolina at a place that I played in high school uh, in a few tournaments. So I kind of was familiar with the area. Um, and I think my first year went as from uh, off the field and on the field standpoint, it went about as good as it could have. I mean, we had, I don't know any other coaching staffs, obviously. I only played for that team last summer, but it, I couldn't have asked for a better coaching staff. I couldn't have asked for a better group of guys to be on that team. Um, from the mix of the young high school guys, the the Latin guys, the guys from out of the country, and then from the college guys, it was just a really good mix of mix of guys. And it was just really cool. The staff around the ballpark was awesome. The staff at the hotel was awesome. There was no bad things. Our GM, Mikey, unbelievable, helped us out with whatever we need, needed. Our clubby, Jordan, probably the best clubby. I mean, I'll never know, at least this year. Best clubby I've had so far. I know that. I can say that with certainty. But, uh, yeah, it was just awesome. What was the most challenging part of the transition from college ball? I guess. So that's like a – it's an interesting question because the game just speeds up a little bit. Absolutely. You know, it's still the same exact game. But, you know, you're using wood bats. You're getting used to higher velo all the time. You're getting used to being heckled. And you're getting used to being paid to play the game. It's not – I think that's to me, is the biggest difference and the biggest adjustment was the fact that this is a job now. It's not we're just doing something for fun or we're doing something because, you know, we're in school for it. Like, this is what we do. There is no other thing. We wake up in the morning. We don't work until – 3 p.m. and then the, the real work starts at 7 which obviously it's not real work but we are getting paid to do it and it's the only thing we're getting paid to do so you have to be prepared for that every day that you know my career my job is on the line every day that you step out there and that's kind of how you have to treat it and that's how you become a professional at least in my opinion is you take it seriously because it is your job but you also know how to have a good time with it and how to relate to all the people that are out there with you. Did any of the guys on the team have other jobs or was just this a full-time job for everyone? No, this was the full-time job. Um, in the offseason, obviously, it's a little bit a little bit different. But, you know, while you're in your season, going through spring training, everything, this is it. This is your full-time job. So this is what we give 100% of our attention to. So now I wanted to go back to 2017. I see you're wearing your Tom Sock yep. shirt. Yep, that's right. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit about being on that team in 2017. I know you were coming off a really good freshman year at ODU, and then you joined a really good Tom Sox team. Can you tell me what that was like? Yeah, so I had no expectations going to Charlottesville. I had no idea really what the team was. Um, I could be wrong, but I, I don't – I think we were the third year. I think we were the third year of the team, maybe the second year, and either the year before or both years before they weren't very good. Um, so we didn't really know what to expect going in. So I came in with Kyle Battle. We were the two that were supposed to be on the team from Old Dominion. And everybody knows about Bryce Windham's success, everything that he brought to that team. Uh, he came in. He was a late 
a late, I say late at, he, he was there the whole season, but he didn't know he was coming until right before the season. Uh, and Will Morgan was also on the team. He's the forgotten old Dominion Monarch from that team. Uh, he, he went back to school after a few weeks, but from day one, that team was just unbelievable. Our first game was in Covington. We dominated that game. I think we only lost 10 games that summer, which if you think about it, is just ridiculous when it comes to baseball. And we had the best player in the country, Mike Wolanski, on the team. Um, it was just unbelievable from the pitching staff, from Rick Spires dominating on both sides of the ball, um, to Colin Hopkins joining the team uh, midway through. It was just an unbelievable experience. And it's just a good group of guys who we don't stay in touch too much all the time now, but we can always go back and talk to each other whenever we need, because it was just, we built a core group uh, with that team that I think is kind of able to help the Tom Sox now because of the success of that team. They're able to bring guys in um, because of what we built that summer. I agree. I think it was really important to the foundation of the team. Now, do you have any favorite stories from that season that stick out in your mind? favorite stories well I kind of talked about it before but so our manager was Corey Hunt uh, UVA legend scored scored a run to send the team to the college world series the UVA team whenever he played we had a few guys show up late to a practice I think and so if you're watching this and you don't know much about summer baseball it's normally very relaxed and that's what it's supposed to be it's time to get reps whatever and from the beginning it was kind of uh, this was Corey and he did a really good job of this Yes, it was summer baseball and it's supposed to be relaxed, but we still have a job to do every day we get there because like I was just talking about, like that's what we do. When the lights come on, that's what we do. But you don't get to, you don't get to play with the lights on if you don't do your work beforehand. So we had a few guys show up late. We had to do five minutes of Iron Cross, um, which if you don't know is a core exercise that really sucks. And we had to do it for five minutes um, because of this. And that was kind of the moment where, at least in my mind, our mindset flipped of, you know, yeah, we're going to we want to be relaxed and have a good time. But every day we want to go out there and dominate on the field. And okay, what, what is the Iron Cross? I have to ask. So an Iron Cross is when you sit on your butt, you lean, I don't know, 45 degrees back, you put your arms out and you put your feet up in the air with straight legs. And you just have to sit there in that position. It is brutal. It is very brutal. Um, but that was the kind of the moment. And we, I mean, I'm just thinking about, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about different things from, from Jim Darren uh, rubbing out guys' feet before the game to make sure everybody was loose. I'm just thinking about everything. I mean, that might even be that whole thing it was my favorite story. Our stretch that we did that summer was my favorite. Um, like I'm just thinking of all these memories. They're just flooding in right now of how cool that summer really was. Um, you know, and it started from the top with Jeff and Mike that summer who really kind of led from the top down and it was really cool. I mean, we were there to have a good time, but every day we came out there, especially when we were having our best time was when we were beating the brakes off people on the field. And that was just a really cool summer because we were really good. We knew we were really good. We weren't afraid to say it, but we went out there and handled our business. And I think that was important. It's not like we went out there and just expected to win every night. We expected to win because of the work we put in, not during game time. Are there any lessons you learned with the Tom Sox this summer that you took with you past summer ball? I think kind of just what I talked about of like, you can have a good time, but if you're there to do your thing and have a good time, that's when the best, you know, 
the best success will come because you could give it your all, but if you're not having a good time and you're just doing it because it's work or because it's a job, you might not be as successful, but we found a good group of guys who we could rely on trust, be accountable for. And believe me, we had fun, but we also knew that when the lights did come on, we were there to score more runs than the other team. And that's what we did. Um, and that's the biggest lesson I'll take is that you can definitely for sure have a good time with what you're doing. But if you're professional about it and you're having a good time, that's when the most success is going to happen. I know you said you're not in frequent contact with people from the team anymore, but is there any sort of group chat, any sort of thing that's still active? Yeah, so we have a group me that goes around every once in a while. We played the game Mafia a lot on the bus. Um, that was our big thing. So, you know, you have guys like Michael Dorenzi, um, who is an all-time, all-time MOF member. And we always go back and forth in the group chat, calling each other MOF, saying who's in the Mafia, saying who's the cop, all that, all the time. And it's just randomly. It'll just be randomly on any given day. Somebody might put something in there and it starts a conversation that lasts for an hour. So it's just really cool of what we were able to build that summer. I love that. Continuing the tradition. Yeah, that's well, right. Fast forwarding to this year, 2020, when did you start getting the feeling that the season was about to end early? Uh, um, trying to think because we were kind of waiting around in spring training yeah. for something to be said. Um, I think once the NBA shut down, it was kind of like, okay, there's no way. There's just no way that um, that we're going to risk it. Um, for the safety of the country, basically, we needed to, everybody needed to shut down. So we, you know, we got sent home. Um, I think it was then, it was when the NBA kind of shut down that everything, that was when high alert really went off of, okay, this is really serious. And we need to, you know, we need to stop the spread of this virus. Um, so that was really when it was. Have you stayed in contact with the team during this lockdown? Yeah, so we have weekly Zoom calls um, with the team uh, covering a wide wide array of topics. Um, so, yes, we keep in touch with the team. Are they sending any advice for how to keep in shape, or is it just sort of morale talking with people? Uh, yeah, they do a little bit of that, a little bit of both of what you said. There's a little bit of morale, a little bit of advice on what to do to stay in shape. You know, we get our workouts still um, that – you know, and that's cool because they did at-home workouts too. So if you're not lucky like I am and ha have some weights in the house, then if you weren't able to get out, you have something you could do, whether that be bodyweight squats or, you know, we have guys like there's a guy, Logan Porter, he created his own squat rack um, with cement and wood, and he did it all himself. It was unbelievable. Um, so just different things like that guys are doing to stay in shape, which I think are pretty cool. I am not creative or technical enough to be able to do anything like that. So it's cool to see other people be able to do it. Yeah, that's very impressive. Has there any been any talk of getting back together for informal training or is it still off the table for now? Everything's just off the table. Uh, I'm sure things are being discussed. I don't know any of them. So, so <laughs> I have nothing to offer uh, for that. Okay, so the big question, when things do start up again, where do you hope your career takes you from this? Where do you see your baseball career going from this? What's well, the end goal? Well, the end goal is that I make it to the major leagues and stay there. Um, so hopefully that happens. But, you know, short term, I hope it's to the next step up, and I hope I play there, and then I hope one day I get moved to the next level. Um, I also hope that wherever I am, I win. Um, that's kind of important to me is being – being a winner, um, that's something I've always prided myself in being. Um, I think it's important, and that's what I'm hoping. Wherever I go, I hope we win. 
I hope I get moved up. I hope we win there. I hope I move up there. Obviously, I hope I never struggle anywhere. That's not going to happen. I'm going to struggle everywhere I go. Um, so I really just long term and short term, I want to keep a good attitude about whatever I'm doing um, because it's the only thing I really can't control. I can't control if I'm going to get four hits in a game. I can control the process of maybe getting there. And I'm going to do that, but I, I'd like to keep an open mind about everything I do. I'd like to keep a positive mind about everything I do. So that's my plan is whatever life or anybody throws at me, I want to keep my mindset always looking towards the positive end. Uh, that is an absolutely great way to approach that. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It's been really interesting talking with you all about all this. Is there anything else you wanted to say to Charlottesville, to the Tom Sox fans? Um, Jeff Burton, if you're looking for a number 12 white, 2017 jersey i have it um that's it that's all i really got just want to let him know that so yeah thanks for having me on yeah absolutely all right thank you everybody for watching be sure to check out both valley baseball league and tom sock social media we're all over all the platforms check it out uh i'm julia stumba thank you for watching this has been tom socks conversations